Welcome to Household 6. We are two seasoned Army spouses and virtual BFFs who want to encourage and empower you to leave your duty station better than you found it. We're your hosts, Margo and Kathleen, and we're so happy you're here. Last week, we heard Kathleen call in to the 988 suicide hotline number, and she talked to two different people. First, she talked to Reagan, who was on the regular 988 line, and then she talked to Dee on the veteran line. As we heard, both of those conversations were so nice, so thoughtful, so comforting to hear who you'd be speaking to if you were in crisis and you called those numbers. Both of the women she spoke to had such a calm demeanor. And like Kathleen said, it was, you know, that's who you hope would be on the end of the line. So it was really nice to hear. So thank you, Kathleen, for doing that. I really was surprised that even though I wasn't calling about an issue, I was nervous to call. Even though Colonel Reagan had assured us, like, they're used to having test calls, they're happy to help. I still had that feeling that I'm always cautioning people against, like, that I'm going to call and they're going to be like, you're wasting my time. I have more important things to do. I I just felt so valued and like they really appreciated what I was trying to do and they really wanted to engage with me in a meaningful way. And they, Mm -hmm. they stayed on the phone. I never felt rushed off. I didn't even have to really ask a lot of questions. As you guys heard, they just volunteered all the information that I could have possibly wanted. And Again, like Margo said, they both were so comforting. I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sitting down drinking coffee with these ladies. Yeah, it was so nice. Something that caught me off guard, though, was like I've never called a 988 number. So in my head, I was equating it to calling 911. And when you call 911, oh, yeah. someone answers and says, 911, what's your emergency? Or, you know, and I've only ever called 911 when I like witnessed a car accident. And I was like, immediately someone answered the phone. and was like, what, what's your problem? And so I was like waiting for someone to answer and be like, 988, what's your crisis? And then there was a message. And I was like, oh, wait, that's not super comforting. But then of course you listen to what they're, you know, you have to go through the steps, they connect you with a local center. So it made sense that they're filtering you through. But initial gut reaction, I was a little startled. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Because I did have to wait for a second. And I kind of thought, oh, I thought it would be instant, because I'm in crisis. It actually felt better. Because it's like, oh, okay, here's, here's the system we go through. Here's what I can always expect. And Mm -hmm. then the, like the women I spoke to, they they weren't in a rush. They weren't alarmed about me. You I know, know. that was there so talk. calming. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're right. Like, now that I think about the times when I've been extremely anxious, I'm panicked and everything feels mm-hmm. so rushed and your heart's racing. And if you're in that crisis mode, the last thing you need is someone to be like, what's your emergency? You know, you need someone yeah. to be like, Yeah, like we're here to talk and just like a normal, slow rhythm. (laughs) Yeah, so so I think that is better. Yeah, because it's like I I always hate going to a new doctor and having to describe all my issues (laughs) and my history. And that's what was hard for me that time I called Military One Source is it felt like like that, like they were taking a history. And and because that's a different thing. It's not about a crisis hotline. And here, instead of asking anything of me, they were there to provide whatever I needed. And in this mm-hmm. case, I just needed information. 
but I feel confident that, you know, if I called and just said like, Hey, I want someone to sit here on the phone with me. Cause I don't want to be by myself. They would mm-hmm. be, they would say, okay, I'm here. I didn't realize that yeah. you could call if you're not like about to commit suicide. It didn't register that just if you were struggling or having a really hard time that you could still call and talk. Like all the times we talked about when you're alone during a deployment and right. there's just nobody who understands. The thing that surprised me the most was when Dee said people can call with their concerns about a veteran. She said, mm-hmm. we have spouses, friends, even parents, moms and dads calling and saying like, I'm concerned about my son. And the fact that they, they can try to connect people with emergency resources on that base. So if a parent calls right. them, they can get reassurance from D that they're not blowing it out of proportion. We should call the MPs and connect the parents with those those numbers and resources. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I hadn't thought of this resource as something to use in that way. Right, like to use it for someone else. And I think that's so good that they do that too, because... The tough thing about mental illness is that it's not rational and it's like the rational part of your brain isn't functioning right when you're deep, you know, in deep depression or, or struggling with anxiety so bad. I know when I struggle with anxiety, the rational part of my brain is like, Margo, you, this isn't like a true emergency. I can talk myself out of it but my mind and my heart won't let me get out of it the only thing that really helps is time and when you're in that you're not thinking oh I should call and talk to someone you're just panicking and so being able to call on someone's behalf because if I was struggling so much and panic and someone had called me and been like how are you doing how are you really someone you know just wanted me to check on you I mm-hmm. would have you know broken down and been like Oh my gosh, like this is so nice. Like I wouldn't have called you myself, but really needed that this check-in. So that's I love that they yes. do that. And it's different, you know, like if your mom calls you and says, Are you okay? Yeah. That's that's so wonderful. Thank you, mom, for checking on me. But it's a different dynamic than this mm-hmm. this caring stranger calling and right. saying mm-hmm. someone cares and someone about who's you. Well versed in how to actually yeah. cope. Because as, long, as much right. as your friends and family probably want to help and try to help, they're not going to say maybe the right things or, you know, they're not trained medical professionals. And so these people are going to know how to expertly navigate you through these irrational thoughts and these really scary things and these crisis moments, whereas you might get tough love from your family or you might get, you know, panic advice. Right. Cause you can tell this volunteer that you're having these really scary thoughts and they've heard it all before. They've heard it multiple times mm-hmm. today. They understand that there are a lot of levels of crisis and mm-hmm. you know, the people close to you might immediately jump to a level of concern. That's like you were saying, unhelpful in its intensity. Mm -hmm. I like the outside perspective too, because these people don't know your history and they don't know what's going on in your life. Because as we all probably know, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, doesn't look like one thing. And so you could have on the outside, this glamorous, amazing, fun life, and then you're really struggling on the inside. And so 
if you were to vent to someone in your circle, they could be like, but you have X, Y, Z going for you, but you have this, you can't possibly feel that way. Like I have it worse than you. And that that's not helpful. And so when you <laughs> and it just makes you person, feel guilty about like not right? appreciating like, your blessing. Okay, oh, yeah. So I'm an ungrateful piece of crap who also has anxiety. <laughs> Thank you a lot. Yeah. And so it's like when you're calling these people like Reagan and Dee and they're just so calm and they're like, yeah, that must be really tough. And you're like, you know what it is? You don't have to convince them that what you're going through is real and valid. valid. Because they are just yeah. there to listen and validate you. And sometimes that's all you need. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I always tell people, I think of therapy as like an emotional pedicure. Ooh, I'm, like I'm not going to. Yeah, because I'm not going to ask you, Margot, to scrape the skin off of my heel, <laughs> but <Thank you>. my <laughs> the, the nail salon, the people at the nail salon have volunteered. This is their job. They they mm. want to help me in this way and fix yeah. my crusty feet, so I don't <laughs> I don't feel guilty and I don't have to feel embarrassed about sticking my foot in their oh my gosh, water that bucket. Is such- a good metaphor, not just for therapy, but for so many things. From now on, yeah. everything is just going to be blank pedicure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for because, bringing this to me. <laughs> yeah, so I can bring the the my crusty feelings to my therapist or to this right. crisis hotline, and they want to deal with that the the raw, gross, unfiltered mm-hmm. emotions. Mm-hmm. And I love both of these women so much. They had such a different vibe, though. I yeah. love Reagan because she was so chill. She could not have had a better vibe. Yeah, she was just so chill. And you were like, have you been going to school? What have you been doing? Like your intensity level was up and hers was low. And I was yeah. like, I wonder if that's on purpose. Yeah. But the other lady felt like... She was just giving me a warm hug. You know what I mean? She just was she like almost mom like a vibes. mother figure. Yes. And I yeah. was like, this is like your chill best friend and your mom. Like, this is uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got good people on the line. I also love that when you called the veteran line, that they explained that they would also talk to military spouses in certain situations. Because I think, you know, they're trained in military stressors and that kind of thing. And so oftentimes the military life and stress trickles down into all other parts of your life. And so as a military spouse, having anxiety, having someone who is well-versed in this world would be really nice because they would understand that it's all overlapping. Yes. Like one therapist I had had previously been married to a guy in special operations. And so I didn't have to explain any of the military spouse life stuff like she just knew I could use the lingo mm-hmm. and it just kind of skipped a layer of explaining right and I think that's something useful about calling the veterans line true <laughs> I like that you've been you've had so many therapy experiences because you've been able to get a lot of different outlooks yeah I talk to people a lot who are like well I tried therapy once it didn't work for me and I can mm-hmm. say I've seen seven different people just because we've moved so much and because I've had a couple times where I start off with someone and I'm like, you know what? This isn't the vibe. This We don't really click. And so what I tell those people who are like, I tried it. It didn't work for me is that that's like saying I went to a restaurant once and I don't like restaurant food. Most of them, they've, they've all been awesome people, 
but some Mm -hmm. of them didn't click for me. And some of them were perfect for a season in my life, but Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been perfect forever. Right after my brother died, I did a virtual therapist situation, honestly, because I didn't have the energy to go in person. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of had her to talk to about getting the energy to go see someone in person, which is so funny. Yeah. But she 100% was just a yes man. And that's, that's what I needed. She honestly did not give me any advice or push me to do anything. Our conversations were not deep. It was like, I'm struggling. And she's like, yes, I can see that. And I'm here (laughs) to listen. (laughs) And again, that's what I needed in that circumstance. And then once I was doing better and had that energy to go in person, I had someone who really, really challenged me. And that's what I needed at that time was to be pushed Mm -hmm. to move forward. Because at one point she was Mm -hmm. like, she was pretty much like, you're, you're really wallowing and your life could be good. And you're, you're holding yourself back at this point because you're so used to being depressed. And Mm -hmm. that was like, my brain exploded. So there, everybody has such a different approach and Mm -hmm. everybody's not going to be the right person for you. And also they might not be the right person for you forever. Mm -hmm. You might need one type of person at different points in your life. The only therapist that I only saw one time was this crusty old man. I'm not going to waste your time. We are going to accomplish things. And I have, here's a stack of worksheets to do before the next session. Oh, God. And we, yeah, and he, he was very old school. He wasn't planning to talk to me about my feelings for the long term. Like, he had a system. We're going to do 10 sessions or whatever. You. And yeah. knock this program out. And... um I think I think some people that would be so much more comforting to them like especially some of these mm-hmm. military personalities have a clear objective a structure and to not be touchy feely at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I share with people who are like, "Ugh, I just can't deal with like the mushy gushy feelings." And I'm right. like, "You don't you don't have to. You can have this like former drill sergeant." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. I had I've only had one therapist. I'm on the hunt for another one right now. And I really liked her. She was really sweet, but I definitely am looking for someone who will listen to me, make me think about what I'm saying and has the same general vibe as me. Like I go off yes. vibes, which I know sounds like I'm insane, but I want if the vibe is right, I'll know. And she just kept like you were saying giving me kind of homework and it was virtual. And so she would share her screen with me and she would like draw diagrams and like write out definitions. And I was like, dude, I didn't sign up for psychology 101. I just wanted to like Mm -hmm. word vomit what's going on in my brain. And that's not, yeah. So we had to let her go, but (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Another thing I love about getting different perspectives is the way a therapist's personal experiences shape the way they respond. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, your therapist shouldn't be talking about them a lot during the session, but I do like having a relationship with, with them where they're sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of, that's how I like to have a conversation is going back and forth. My first therapist, he'd been married for 30 something years and his perspective on marriage in a relationship was so much more laid back and chill and open and forgiving than my therapist who had been the army wife who divorced the army ranger in what 
I got the impression was a very difficult, complicated mm-hmm. divorce after after a lot of trauma and and deployments and intensity. And so again, that that's one of the reasons that I like having the different perspective and where mm-hmm. I think no, nobody should just be like, oh, yes, this therapist is right about everything. They're human mm-hmm. people too. I don't have to go to therapy expecting to be instructed and taught the quote unquote right way. You mm-hmm. go to get feedback from an objective party. Different ways of doing therapy are going to work for different people. So the perfect therapist for you might not be the perfect therapist for me. And that's totally cool too. And you should, you know, shop around until you find one. So a challenge I have now, since I've seen so many therapists for so long, is that the the first person I got here, it's like she wanted to start at ground zero with me. And so mm-hmm. she definitely was like, Oh, have you tried these very basic things? How about exercise three times a week or Oh man. You know, so we didn't we didn't last long because she there just wasn't depth to the conversation. It was all very basic. And mm-hmm. again, there were times in my life when I needed that. The therapist I have now, she meets me where I am. We're not doing any of the basic therapy stuff. She understands that I'm there to kind of think out loud, get an objective perspective, and sometimes that means I'm I'm thinking through big feelings like anger and sadness and resentment. And sometimes I'm there to say like, wow, life is going really well. And isn't my life going well? And and to get that, (laughs) to get affirmation or, or to complain, to, to hand her the Mm -hmm. emotional crusty heel skin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, it's really cool that therapy can be whatever you need it to be. When you were talking at the end, you were like, yeah, so I called and it was great and blah, blah, blah. And then you were like, and when you call, you'll probably get someone great, like Raider D, or you'll get a dud. And I just like, started <laughs> cackling to myself and I was like, Kathleen, we can't say that to people. And then I was like, well, I mean, and now we were just talking about how if you get a dud therapist, just keep shopping around. And I'm like, yeah. you know, hang up. Never- yeah. Hang up in the middle of the call. Just hang up and dial it again and you'll get someone yeah. else. Just keep calling until you get Reagan or Day or something. And you, you don't you don't owe that person any right. time or energy. Mm-hmm. They they volunteered to be there to support you. And right. if you mm-hmm. need to hang out, hang out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you're in crosses. Like I know I mean I was raised by like a southern mom and you know, so um definitely like a kill them with kindness kind of person and you gotta be real sweet and don't offend anybody. And a lot of times that, that gets me in trouble. But if you're in a crisis <laughs> mode, don't worry about that that person's feelings. You can just say, like, this isn't being helpful to me and hang up. And then call back and try to get someone better. Mm-hmm. One of the best gems I got from therapy was my first therapist told me it's not kind to let someone cross your boundaries. It's not kind to sit there and let someone upset you. It doesn't serve either of you for you to let someone try to help in an unhelpful way. True. Because all you're going to do is get more frustrated or more depressed or more anxious because you're like, clearly help doesn't work when really that was just unhelpful to you. And there's something else out there that could be helpful. Right. I would encourage everybody, you know, if you're, if you're someone you think I might want to call these numbers in the future, maybe go ahead and call and just chit chat with someone and say, you know, I'm not in a crisis now, but I just wanted to kind of experience this and so that so that I won't be too anxious to call when I need to I like that yeah 
And now I've learned that they will totally welcome that. And they're not going to say, like, get off the phone and let me talk to somebody with a real issue. (laughs) Yeah. This has been, it's been so fun this month talking about mental health. Not that we ever don't talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I think at this point, I've shared so many stories from therapy that you guys have, like, been along to multiple sessions with me. But I I hope that if anybody has questions that, you know, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to the resources that are there where you are, reach out to us and reach out to the crisis hotline. For sure. So this kind of wraps up our mental health saga here that we've had. As she just said, we definitely will talk about it in the future because we're literally always talking about it next week. We will have comedian Ashley Gutermuth on the podcast. So exciting. And I actually think we snuck in a few mental health things in her conversation, like our conversation with her as well. So see, we we truly never shut up. (laughs) She's so fantastic. Look her up on TikTok and Reels and everything. You've probably already seen her because like my husband, I told him we were interviewing a comedian and then when he saw the picture I posted of her, he was like, you should have told me that you were talking to that funny Air Force wife because, oh, you know, awesome. he's seen a ton of her reels. Yeah. So look her up and either you will recognize her or you will be so thrilled to be introduced to her because she is hilarious. So next week we'll have just our interview with her. And then the week after that, we will be releasing Mon and Kathleen's reaction to getting to virtually meet her and how we were fangirling the whole time and just kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at Household Six Podcast, or you can join our Facebook group, Small Army, the Household Six Podcast community. And we leave you with this. Leave your duty station better than you found it. Household Six is signing off.